I'm Dustin Zahn, and this is Trainwrecks. Welcome to the second episode for the year. I hope you like the last couple. Um, I'm actually getting these out on a bi-weekly schedule and sticking to it, which is cool. Uh, you know the drill. If you like the podcast, subscribe, write reviews, share the links, all that kind of stuff. doesn't really matter to me where the podcast ends up on iTunes charts, but the extra recognition does help me convince the less convinced guests to come on the show. And, uh, hey, please send in any questions or topics via email or the link on the Trainworks website. Uh, you can do it anonymously if you prefer. Uh, it makes my life easier, so I don't have to do much research or think of things to talk about. Also, I've had a few people mention that they burn through these episodes almost immediately. And uh, if you need a podcast fix, I have a small list you can check out. And also, if there's something I missed, uh, you know, please hit me up and let me know what else is, you know, going on out there. Maybe you have your own podcast. Uh, first of all, as far as electronic music goes, some of these I've already named on the show, but not everybody listens to every episode. Rave Curious Podcast with Josh Glazer. That's still running strong. Uh, definitely a lot of techno-related things on there. You can tune in for that. Also, uh, one other one that's a bit more recent, there's the Air Podcast with Emma Robertson. She's had guests like Eric Claudia, Jen, uh, Jane Fitz, and The Mole uh, most recently, so check that out if you're curious. Um, as far as general music podcasts go, um, Song Exploder is kind of cool. It's not really too heavy on the electronic music side of things. As of my writing this, basically... There's uh, like Nine Inch Nails and R.E.M. were on the show. And what they do is they, they basically pick a song of theirs and break it down to the stems, which if you're not a producer, that means like each individual item. Maybe it's a guitar or the vocal or the drums. They tell you about how it was made um, in the order that they've done it, uh, what the vocals meant to them or something. And uh, I think that can be a really useful resource if uh, you're trying to learn how to make music or just want to hear how some of these, you know, legendary musicians do it. Of course, this is probably the most obvious one, Resident Advisors Exchange. Uh, that's been around forever. And, uh, you know, that one's a little bit more on the interview tip rather than more of a discussion. But they always have really interesting guests on there. So maybe some of your favorite artists have already been on the show. Go and check it out. Uh, as far as production podcasts go, which is what I think most people write me about, um, I have to say that the newest one that's come out lately is Hanging Out with Audio Files. That comes from Jamie Lydell. He used to have Techno Roots. Uh, he's kind of more on the soul tip now, but uh, it's an interesting podcast. At the beginning of each episode, he kind of tells some like cool little studio tricks or tips that he's using in his own productions. And the guests that he has are, I find, really interesting. They're pretty much not based in the dance world at all. But by the time you get, let's say, 20 or 30 minutes into the podcast, you can get some really cool information out that will help, you know, in this kind of industry as well. Also on a couple more, but they're definitely on the poppy tip. It's uh, The Mastering Show with Ian Shepard. I think if you're a producer, this is somewhat essential because it can really give you an idea of what the hell things are like most techno people 
don't know what a compressor really does or what the fuck is dithering anyway. Stuff like that. Um, they try to sum up real quickly on that show, and I think if you got 20 minutes, you can skim through it and really pick up some useful stuff. Dave Pensado is a legendary mixing engineer. He's got a podcast called Pensado's Place, which is actually a video cast, and uh, that's kind of more the same thing. It's on the band tip, but uh, you can pick up some really cool ideas that you can incorporate into your own productions as well. Speaking of podcasts, check out my latest podcast on Deep Space Helsinki. It actually came out about a month ago, but it's still fresh. And uh, I kind of stopped putting out DJ mixes, but my agent mentioned I should really get my shit together, so there'll probably be two or three more this year. All right, well, we got the boring stuff out of the way. This week's guest is Cynthia. She's a house DJ based here in Berlin who's been around for approximately 20 years. And on top of being a resident at Watergate, she also runs Besta Modus and Unison Wax with her Besta Freund collective. And uh, currently she's playing all over Europe with early 2018 gigs planned in the States and Asia. Pretty cool. Uh, in this episode, we trace her history back to the early days of the German rave scene. And we also speak about her productions and her labels, uh, juggling a DJ career as a single mom, and putting up with male bullshit in the industry. Also, Instagram. Anyway, have a good one and enjoy the episode. All right. Well, thank you for coming on the show today. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. Finally. No problem. Yeah, we've been trying to do it for a while, but <laughs> yeah, true. we're both busy people. Yeah, that's how it is. Yeah. Um, so for a lot of people that don't know, you're based here in Berlin. I was DJ that uh, you've been around for quite a while, actually. Yeah, I think yeah. pretty much for 21 years. That's crazy. And then... Um, I mean, I've known you for a while, and you told me some stories, but like, there's some of it that even I was surprised about, or I still don't know. So we'll kind of go through that quickly. Yeah. But uh, and and currently you're you're running Bestus Modus, and are, is Unison Wax yours, or is that one yeah. you're helping with? Okay. No, no, it's also mine. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, you're running those labels as well, on top of DJing and being a mom and everything else. So it's it's a lot to work with here. Yeah. True. Um. So yeah, let's start at the beginning. Uh, where and when did you kind of get into it? Oh God, that's such a long time ago. I can't even really remember. I mean, at the time uh, when I was 15, I think, 15, 16, I lived close to Frankfurt mm -hmm. and also lived in Saarbrücken for a while. And that's where I actually started uh, working in a record store. So that was 1996. Okay. And um, yeah, from my parents, I always got records and stuff. So um, yes, yeah, so I was kind of, always infected with music and stuff and was collecting music. And then um, I went to my favorite record store, which is called Humpty Records and it still exists. And then they asked me if I want to work there. And I was like, yeah, sure. It's cool at the weekends. And then, but I said, we can't give you any money. So we're going to pay you in records. And for me, that was like heaven on earth. I mean, I was 16 years old, had yeah. almost no money. And yeah, that was, that's, that was pretty cool. And then I think I turned 17 and then I got my first gig and, uh, it w which was pretty funny because the people that didn't know I was only 17, they thought I was older because I was always really tall. And um, yeah, that was all, all by mistake, I think, because I mean, of course, I was mixing, kind of mixing at, co at home, but uh, I wasn't really good because uh, I don't know, I needed to practice more. And then I said, uh, of, but then, of course, I said to the guys in the in the record shop, yeah, of course, I can mix. Yeah, sure thing. And then I said, yeah. OK, do it. <laughs> and I'm like, shit, of course, of course, it was like complete train wrecks. 
and uh yeah but then they taught me how to mix so i had to do like every time i was in the in the store and i think in the first two hours there was not so much going on so they gave me like the worst records to mix like something from um i think there was a house edit from one of like dj rush um was it get on down or something like DJ that rush? Uh, yeah dj rush but it was a oh, house wow. there was a house edit from from that i don't know i mean he did a bunch of house stuff yeah too. he did yeah. yeah and especially from that track there was a I don't know, someone did a house edit or something and it was like not quantized at all. And then no. they said, okay, you have to mix that. Or oh my God. It was so horrible. I was like, fuck. And I was like blushing all the time because it didn't work. And But I think in the end it was a good uh, good school because now I can mix. And then they do said, whatever. okay, now do it without headphones. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> so was, I don't know. Well, I mean, you know, I guess it's kind of that tough love mentality, you know? Yeah, of course. And then I was only like 16, 17, you know, you know like a like a young girl. And then the boys, they were like 32 years old techno guys. And of course, they were taking the piss of me, you know? Yeah. But yeah, in the end, I'm super thankful for that because it was a good school for me. And mm -hmm. yeah, it was, it was good fun. Yeah. So, yeah. And then... So around that time, like, but were you like the the only girl around at the time doing that, or was there a couple others? Or no, I was the only one. Okay. So and I can even say because uh, so Saarbrücken is the main city of the area is called Saarland. Mm -hmm. and there was no other girl, and also at the time I think there were only a few like um, Miss Kitten, then God, who else was there? Um, Esther Mariah, then um, who else? Yeah, just like the well-known people, you know, um, Ellen Alien, people like that. I thought a lot of them were based more in Frankfurt and Berlin. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. There was, yeah, we definitely had a few, like, big cities where electronic music was going on. There was, like, Berlin and Frankfurt and, of course, Cologne. And uh, a little bit in Hamburg and a little bit in Munich and Stuttgart. Yeah. Yeah, but then, yeah, we didn't have had too many women. Mm -hmm. And so you eventually moved over to Frankfurt, right? Mm-hmm. Or what was the deal there? No, I lived in Frankfurt before mm -hmm. with my parents. And then we moved to Saarbrücken after a while. Ah, okay. So I thought it was the other way around. No, no, no. It was this way around. Yeah. So then I finished school. No, first I have to say I was uh, I was playing pretty much every weekend in a club there. So and was a kind of a resident and played the opening for a lot of like well-known DJs. And then uh, I think for one night I played for West Bam, <laughs> mm -hmm. which was really funny. And then he was like, oh, my God, who are you? You play so well. And I was like, yeah, da, da, da. And he was like, yeah, 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 you have to play in Berlin. I'm like, yeah, why not? I mean, I wouldn't say no. But then, of course, I know how it is that, you know, when you meet people at a party, they're always building up a massive castle in front of yeah, you. They're like, small talk, bunch yeah, of bullshit. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to bring you to South America, all that shit. And then you never hear from them again. But then they called me like two weeks later and they booked me for, I think it was New Year's Eve from 1999 to, no, it was 1998 to 1999. And I was at Columbia Hall in Berlin and mm -hmm. it was just, it was West Bam, Woody and me. So and I was like, wow, okay, cool. So <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Yeah, that was awesome. You know, just coming from a small underground club and then playing this big venue with like whatever, 3,000 people, it was just like mind blowing for me. And it was like, fucking nervous wow and yeah but it was fun it was good fun i mean i was just thinking the last time i was in columbia hall i saw at the drive-in so it's like more of a rock venue now it's hard for yeah. me to imagine like uh you know more dance stuff going yeah. going on there but that was a while ago too yeah but that was really big like in the in the 90s especially yeah. with love parade and then all these parties where we were playing at and mm -hmm. yeah it was good fun so at this point i mean 
nowadays you're you're known for for house music were you already doing house at that point or was it a little bit more ravey or what was the score uh i think it was still housey like i like it a bit more pumpy mm -hmm. but i still or oh, i also played a lot of like um like electro stuff mm -hmm. but not what people called electro like five years ago or something it was more like oaks 88 and some um what else did I play? Anthony Rother, like the f the, the first stuff, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, stuff like this, like a lot of broken beats, and also the label was known for their broken beats, but it was a bit commercial, of course. Yeah, yeah. And so, when you, I mean, we were both living in Berlin now. When did you eventually move to Berlin? So I finished school in ninety ninety nine, I think. God, it's such a long time ago. Yeah, I think in 1999, I finished school and the next day I was moving to Berlin. And then, yeah. Right on. It was all... Studied and shit. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, since then, like, uh, you know, when I was going through a little bit of, with the label, like Best of Modus and everything, yeah. that started a little bit later. Was that always the... Was it something that you always had in mind or did you eventually, like, take a break and then decide, like, okay, now I want to start a label or... No, absolutely not. I mean, I've always been making music while I was studying and then I had my first job. So I was going a little bit down. Then um, I had my child and then, of course, music was also going a little bit more down. But I can say that music was always the biggest thing in my life. So yeah. no matter if I was playing a lot or not so much. And I think when I... Um, after this first gig I played at Columbia Hall, I was getting involved with that label, so I was producing a couple of records. So they got released in 2000 and 2003, so I was traveling a lot. So I was playing in Japan and in Mexico and here and there, which was pretty good because I was still like super young. And then, um, then I left the label, and I have to say I had a lot of problems to get like gigs because I think a lot of people thought I was playing commercial music. Or some other people thought I was super expensive because I was with this big label. Mm -hmm. So it took like a while to convince people that I'm actually playing like good music. And then also I was throwing illegal parties in Berlin, which was really fun. So we had, it was like super crazy. So we've been squatting places, had like two floors, like one punk floor and one techno floor, which was like super funny because at the end of the night you had all the punks on our on the techno floor and uh -huh. all the techno guys on the punk floor funny and uh yeah then also we lost electricity in the middle of the night and then i was the person who was responsible for the switch and i was like yeah. Fuck. I was, of course i was drunk and then i was like shit what did they say is the left left side or right side and i was going down to the cellar so like switching on the left side and then everything was switched on again for like a second and you could hear like the people like scream like yeah music is back on and then it switched off again. I was like, oh, shit, okay. It was obviously the, the wrong side. And then switched back on the other side. And then like, it was like, yeah. So that was, that was really, really good. And I think from that, doing that, like throwing illegal, illegal parties and stuff and being like really involved in the so-called underground scene, I think that brought me back to like the normal Berlin clubs and stuff like that. And people started to pick up on me and my music and said, oh, she's cool. She plays nice music. So they started to book me. And I think from there, it all started. So I got like better bookings and stuff but then still i didn't produce a lot so i was mostly playing in berlin and uh yeah then i had my then i had my child and then i was thinking okay so i'm either gonna let it all die now or something nice is gonna happen and then luckily i met the boys and then from the label and we said okay let's just do the label so it was just my idea i was feeling really good about it 
we had nice tracks and I was like, okay, just at least I should try. So you never try, you never know. Mm -hmm. um, so we did the first release and yeah, it was sold out. And like who, super who are fast. the boys? The boys. <laughs> so the boys is uh, Diego Krause, mm -hmm. Steven and Levin. Then we have Ed Herbst and uh, we also have a singer who's called um, Albert Vogt. Okay. So they're, they're That's my kind boys. of your core, core crew. Yeah, that's my core crew, yeah. And for the most part, everybody is... Those are the artists that uh, cover Best of Modus and Best of Friend, which basically, if my German is good, it means like Best Mood and Best Friend. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, How's your um, German, by the way? You know it's shitty. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's probably 3% better than the first. No, it's actually improved since I first met you, but it's not good. Okay, but you can say more than genau. Yeah, and which is all I could at, at that point. <laughs> yeah, okay. But... Uh, you know, and since then, I'm just kind of looking at the discography page here. There's about a dozen releases just on uh, Best of Modus and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I I know the label, but for those who aren't really familiar with it, I mean, I guess I would say it's like how similar in the vein, like more like Shea Dame or things like in the deeper side of things. Yeah, I think the first release was pretty much 90s influence with like, steps and stuff like that and like you know the wonky bass lines and stuff mm -hmm. but i think from that we um developed a lot so especially steven is um is now a little bit more into techno mm -hmm. i would say like the groovy stuff and then eddie is still like super deep super soulful and who else is there and then diego is now yeah i'm always calling him like the king of the bass lines because he's really like with rolling bass lines a bit more minimal and stuff so i think we all um we all kind of, um, how's it called? Um, you have your own little flavor to add to it, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when it, the, the other thing that I that I really like about the approach to the label is that, you know, it's kind of a very do-it-yourself sort of thing with stamp and whatnot. And then you have, uh, like, you do a lot of T-shirts and sweatshirts oh, and yeah. things like that. And, Merchandise uh, is great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, for a lot of people... There's a lot of people that listen to the show and they're running small labels and stuff yeah. like that. And, well, big labels too, but, I mean, um, they're kind of unsure whether to get into it or, like, I know for you that it's going quite well in that regard. I mean, is there something you would say is, uh, some you know, what they should focus on or try not to do? or What, the other people on focus on the merchandise? Yeah, or? I mean, like, for other people who are thinking about it, like, if they should get into merchandise or whatnot, I mean... Um. <coughs> Yeah, I think when we first started with the merchandise, it was more like making 20 shirts for for our crew. Mm -hmm. But then people started to like it. And I think that, uh, I mean, I saw it with so many things, like, for example, Tresor is like the best example, because people, they go there, they love the club, and then they want to be part of it. So, mm -hmm. of course, they're going to buy a T-shirt or with Burkine or... Um, wherever, really. Wherever, yeah. You know, people want to have a piece of that, and they also want to show okay, I'm fan of blah, blah, blah. So, and I have to say that we're selling a lot of t-shirts and a lot of sweaters now, and it's it's crazy. And it's also really funny because um, wherever I play, there are always a bunch of people wearing the stuff, of course. And mm -hmm. then I'm like, oh, yeah, cool. And it's it's nice. So you it's almost like you already know some people at the party. And um, yeah, that's pretty cool. Or other people, when they are playing somewhere, like some friends, and then they always send me pictures of, of people wearing the best and water stuff. So it's always really funny. It's awesome, yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, uh, you know, even to this day, uh, like all the, all the time when I show up at shows, there's still people that come out in full force wearing like the drum code t-shirts and oh, whatnot. Yeah. And uh, 
I mean, like, it's, you know, when it's one of those things like where if you're a techno DJ, you're probably not going to wear a record label shirt so often or something. They're like, oh, but I'm like, I, I like the idea that it's like fans that come out. Like, if you're going to go see Depeche Mode, you're probably going to wear the shirt from their last concert or, yeah. or what, you know what I mean? So, yeah. I don't know. I, I think it's a cool thing. And, uh, you know, I would say one of the most interesting things that I've found is, and I don't know when you quit, but I would rem- remember going to Hard Wax and seeing basically the flyers for your guys' parties, and it was the tomato sauce, but oh, yeah, yeah. you had, like, the stickers wrapped around it, so it was yeah. basically, like, a best of modus uh, tomato. tomato sauce. Yeah. yeah. Probably fed a lot of people around that time. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I know. There are a lot of people that are like, oh, shit, I want to do some... Uh, spaghetti with tomato sauce and then they just jumped to the next record store and they got a couple of uh, <laughs> there you go <laughs> couple of things yeah we have to do them again we just got a little bit lazy with the last ones but uh yeah i but think we have to do them again these days it seems like you're doing more parties or nights at watergate right yeah that's true because uh watergate is my my agency mm-hmm. uh like one of them because i have i have two and uh of course uh when you're in the agency you usually get like a residency and it's really good because I play there once a, mo- once a month. And I like to have like a home where I can play records and see how some records um, develop and how it works. And then, I c- of course, I can see all of my friends. And now we started or I started having my own night there. So it's called um, yeah, Cynthia and White. Uh-huh. Uh, clever name. But it's really cool because um, we want to keep the Wednesdays a bit more housey and a bit more like Berlin-based. Mm-hmm. So it's either going to be like Berlin Cruise or I'm going to throw a party and I'm inviting someone like... Um, Jeremy Underground? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I want it, but he didn't want to. Oh, no, I was going to go into the, the joke with the, the yeah. five-star hotel or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. I wanted, <laughs> I wanted to come with a sauna tol, uh, towel. There you go. <laughs> Stuff like this. Yeah, no, I think he's he's celebrating his birthday. And um, so I wanted to... Oh, yeah, they wanted to book me together with him, but he's rather playing with his mates, but which is fine, of course. But uh, no, but I think for the next one, I have Glenn Underground. Then um, I think that's Roy Davis Jr. We're currently working on. Cool. Then, of course, I'm friends with Mike Huckabee and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Y- yesterday you had a picture. Uh, Mike was working with your daughter or showing oh, her yeah. machine or something. That was crazy. Yeah. It was funny because um, some months ago, I um, because I worked for Ableton for a mm-hmm. long time. And then when I left, they gave me a push as a present. So, and like last couple of months ago, I had the, finally the time to like check it out. And then she was like, mama, what are you doing? I was like, yeah, I'm just making some, making some beats. Yeah. <laughs> and she was like, yeah, can you, sh- can you show me what you're doing? And I was like, yeah, of course. And then I explained it to her. So this is a kick drum and this works like this and that. And so she was doing like a simple beat and stuff. And it was so cute mm-hmm. with all the lights up and stuff. So I was taking a, a video and I put it up on my private uh facebook uh page mm-hmm. and then my huckabee saw it and he was like oh this is so cool so when next time i'm in berlin can i give her um a little work- workshop and i was like yeah why not cool wow. and then yesterday was the day and it was so funny because my daughter she's blonde and she's so white and i mean mm-hmm. he's black so i was like yeah yeah but it was so cool because i mean i didn't know what he's gonna teach her but um what he's actually doing is uh He's teaching a lot about rhythm, so it's mm-hmm. having a kick drum and a clap, and then you have to do like clap, boom, clap, boom, clap, and then yeah. you have to type in or you have to like tap in the the hi hats, which is really hard because it's not it's not on the grid, it's more like in between. So for her, it was really hard, and then also doing some some simple 
patterns, some simple like rhythmic patterns and stuff. And I mean, she's eight, so it's it was a bit hard for her. Or he was doing something like dum da dum da 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 dum, and he has and she had to redo it. So yeah. it was really good. And by the end of the of the session. She, yeah she was she was she was good but she it's, got it yeah she got it and he was like yeah that's what the kids have to learn they have to learn about the rhythm and mm-hmm. even for me it was good because um yeah i mean i don't really play an instrument but it was really interesting to see what you can do with just the pads from the uh he was using the machine yeah it was was super super interesting yeah i mean that's the thing like what a lot of people don't realize is i mean mike has a as a really good reputation as like a dj and also as a producer or whatnot but those who actually follow him, like, he's really invested in trying to teach people, not just children, but, you know, mm-hmm. especially children at the at the library, local library and stuff like that. Yeah, and Detroit, yeah. There's a lot of people that love to say that they're trying to do things for the the music scene and, and shit mm-hmm. like that in yeah. general. And it's like, it's all just a gimmick or a ploy. Like, that's cool if you have a new mixer or a controller or something that you're trying to sell, but, like, you're not sitting there teaching people or, or kids how to how to do things. But at the same time, I wouldn't necessarily I would feel like an asshole asking Michael Jordan to teach me how to play basketball or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it's of like course, you yeah. can figure this out on YouTube. But I, I think it's a cool thing that there are people out there who are willing to yeah. take the time and, and enjoy teach, you know? Yeah, definitely. I mean I was because when he said it and then I was asking him again, Okay, I used to up for doing like this this workshop with her and first I was like, oh, shall I really ask him? I mean, he's so, I mean, he's like busy and he's this big DJ and blah, blah, blah. But then he was so nice and he's just, I mean, in the end, it's just like a guy like you and me. So and mm-hmm. he was like, no, sure. I love to do it with kids. And now he was like, yeah, let's do it again. It was so much fun. And uh, yeah, so that that's really cool. And uh, yeah, I really appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, do you, you know, as a parent, because there, there's a lot of people that, uh you know, are on the show that or listening to the show that have kids and stuff like that. Do you ever see yourself like trying to push your kid towards the music thing or not really? Or <laughs> um, no, I mean, I hope that I always try to be as crazy as I can. So because I heard that the kids are always going to be the opposite of what the parents are. So I try to be like super cool with tattoos and be a musician and stuff. And then I hope my daughter is getting into classic music. She's so going to be very well behaved. She will be, yeah. Square. Yeah. And she will be maybe a doctor or something, but I'm sure it's not going to happen. I mean, for now she wants to be like a pop star. She's really into dancing and stuff, mm-hmm. but um, I think dancing and making music is like very close. So, and of course she, I mean, she plays guitar, so she has some guitar lessons and stuff. But I have to say that after yesterday, she's really infected. She was like, no, I have to do this again. And I have a really old machine. I think the first um, the first generation, so I, I mm-hmm. was like putting the dust of that. And, uh, this guy right here. Oh, yeah, this one is, looks exactly yeah. the same. You should still use clean it. yours as well, <laughs> maybe. This is still good. I use yeah. it all the time. Yeah, it's perfect. And uh, so, yeah, I have the same and, uh, yeah, just going to clean it for her and going to bring it home mm-hmm. and then she can try because I think it's really good to have some kind of rhythm and stuff. Mm-hmm. And also she was very proud of herself and I think that's a good thing to do, mm-hmm. doing stuff and the kids can be proud of themselves. So, you know, that being said, like being a mother and whatnot, and you also, we already established that you're making records, you have a record label, you're kind of, uh, you know, helping out with the other guys and like kind of corralling everybody together, like uh, on top of DJing almost every week. Uh, how do you make time for everything? <laughs> yeah, that's the the question everyone's asking. Um, 
I don't know how I'm doing it. I think I'm I'm a pretty how's it called like vivacious person. So I love what I do and then everything is like good fun for me, so I have a lot of energy. But then also I have a tough schedule. So I don't really like it when people are late. So because that's mm -hmm. gonna make my life it's harder. It's a pet peeve of mine too. Y yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh but yeah, I mean it's just a matter of organization because yeah, I'm also a single mom, so um and my husband is not taking that much care of her uh, unfortunately but i mean there's there's always a solution for everything sure. so yeah so i mean now i have an au pair she's from colombia mm -hmm. and she's living with us and she's like the perfect match for us so she's mm -hmm. she's always there she's taking good care of my daughter at the weekend so she's like uh playing with her going out and stuff like that so i know she's in really good hands and then of course she's in school every day and while she's in school, um, I'm just doing all of my stuff. And mm -hmm. um, yes, I'm very good in like multi multitasking and stuff. And I'm very, very organized. So I think otherwise I couldn't do it, mm -hmm. what I'm doing. But uh, yeah, so far it's really good. I also have a radio show. I'm not sure if you know about it. That's right, you do. I just didn't bring it up. But let's yeah. go into that a little bit. Yeah. Um, what, what, uh, what station is on it again? It's on Fritz. Fritz, okay. <laughs> yeah. And um, I'm trying to think that... Was that kind of what took over after Anya Schneider's show, or is yeah. that something completely different? Or um, I think they, a lot of people left the station because okay. um, I think as a radio station you have to change the you gotta, presenter yeah. after a couple of years because, you know. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I think a lot of people left, and then one of the guys was recommending me, and then they asked me, and I was like, wow, okay, not sure if my voice is perfect for ready because I think I sound like Kermit the Frog on ecstasy sometimes, you know, <laughs> especially when I'm nervous and my voice gets really high and yeah. you know how women are sometimes. And, uh, but then I tried it and after the first, uh, the first show I was like, wow, this is, this is really cool because I can't just talk and no one is saying anything. <laughs> so. Well, that, that, that's the great thing also about this podcast is I can tell you my opinion about something right now and I don't really have to listen. Well, the only opinion I have to entertain it back is yours. Yeah. Uh, I don't ever have to look on the comments or whatever, so I can just assume that I'm always right, <laughs> which is kind of dangerous. Yeah, same but, for I me. I mean, it was the same deal with starting the show. Like, I really wasn't – I'm still not really great with being on the microphone, but that's just the way it has to be now. So I can imagine that being on the radio when people actually listen is uh, yeah. even more daunting. But your voice sounds great, and you're not talking too fast. I, I had to learn that because first show was like – it was like, you know, like a chicken. Well, yeah, here's the deal. Um, when I'm around Americans or like when I'm in the States, it's, you know, rapid fire English. But oh, okay. you get used to when you're over here in Europe and it's people that don't have it as a uh, you know, primary language. Yeah. You got to slow down. Yeah, and of course. I, I guess I'm just accustomed to it now. Like yeah. Because otherwise I could, you know. Yeah. And also I, I, I come from an area where you – it's not so much slang, but it's more of a dialect, like kind of like the show Fargo or something. Ah, so I can okay. really m mix words together and, and break break shit down a little bit more. So yeah, I'm just I'm more aware of it here, but also, um, you know, with the radio show like this, you also have to you have to keep things moving too. So it's not like uh, you you just pick up these things along the way. And I can imagine with the radio show, you get that too. But for you, it's it's like DJ mixes more than like constant talking, right? Um, yeah, so I have like two hours and one hour is split in like two halves mm -hmm. and then I'm playing mostly new stuff, like new, um, promos I get sent to like new, um, records I was just buying 
And then uh, second hour, I play a DJ mix from one of my friends or okay. someone who's around or who has a release or something. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it's like pretty easy. But I mean, it's still quite a lot of work. But then I'm listening to new stuff anyway. So and mm -hmm. I just record what I like. And um, yeah, and then I on Tuesdays, I usually go to the studio and record my voiceover. And that's actually it. Yeah, but it's really yeah. cool because it's also because it's like a it's like a public or official station gets supported from the government so that means they're gonna pay me some money mm -hmm. and uh it's really really good to have a proper income in this business and no uh, matter what yeah <laughs> and no matter what how many gigs i have it's i'm always safe with my rent and everything that's so awesome. and that's why i'm so fucking relaxed that's cool yeah uh yeah because i mean here's the deal like People love to kind of assume that, you know, if you're a DJ and you got a good month of, like, let's say five, six gigs or something, they assume that's the normal deal for a lot of people. And that's only for a select few. Yeah. So you could have a, the next month could be like two gigs and that's not going to pay the bills. So yeah, really, it's like, it. for the most part, a lot of them are just kind of getting by just like anybody else. Mm. Um, but with the radio show, um, and you're playing a lot of new music. Is there is there like a certain vibe you're leaning towards or a trend that you notice or anything that, uh, you know, because it's always forcing you to kind of stay up to date with new music and whatnot? Yeah, of course. Um, I mean, I play mostly house music, but uh, at the moment it's 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 getting more and more disco-ish, yeah. which is really good. Uh, also, there's, there's this... Uh, this it's. It, I mean, it's not that new. It's like around for like one year or one and a half years. It's called like uh, uh, some minimal house or minimal French house. It's mostly producers from France, mm -hmm. and it's like housey but a bit more reduced and stuff, which is really nice. And um, what else is there? More like the Parisian type vibes, type uh, of thing, or uh, yeah, it's it's like. Um, it's like Mandar or uh, who else is there? Like Jeanneret and also the, the, all of the guys from Yoyaku from that record store. Okay. Like, pff, I, I don't know all of their names, but Vahad and uh, pff, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. But on the on the deeper tip, almost. Yeah. yeah. A little yeah. bit like kind of the Romanian vibe, but not so quirky or whatever. Yeah, a little bit like the Romanian vibe, but a bit more funky and a bit more housey, definitely. Mm -hmm. I think Romania is like really, really, really reduced. And uh, I think the minimal house is a bit more with housey chords and stuff. It's a bit uh, more, uh, sounds a bit more alive, the music. Yeah, yeah. but that, that has been like a, a, a really, really big thing. Um, I think the most common people are definitely Apollonia. They're playing this mm -hmm. kind of music. And yeah, but otherwise there's a lot of like disco, disco edits and stuff like that going on. And what else? Um yeah, I'm is not there anything you kind of miss or that you think that's lacking at the moment? Uh, yeah, it's a really rare thing because I really like stuff like the early Paul Johnson stuff, you know, like really raw and no real, totally. yeah, no real bass lines and uh, just some lower toms and stuff like that. And there are not so many people around doing this stuff. So I wish there was more stuff like that. I mean, I also like the truncate stuff, which is kind of But that. it's pretty banging. Yeah, but I love it banging. Totally. Oh, but then, like, I'm such a big fan of, um, um, uh, what's his name again? Paul Johnson. And then mm -hmm. he was playing at Watergate. And I was like, oh, my God, this is so cool. And then I met him at the kebab shop outside. Funny. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, and then I was a pretty, uh, like a proper fan girl. I was like, oh, my God, it was so good. I'm such a big fan of blah, blah, blah. And he was like, yeah, it's very nice, but let me eat. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, the thing I always liked about him and his records is that he was kind of the, 
he was the one that wasn't as serious. He was a little bit more ravey or like uh kind of uh accepting of the party vibe. Like some of the other house stuff they still kind of came from uh, you know, I guess I would say a background from like uh preacher side of things and whatnot, whereas him you could it was total like Chicago. It was more on the yeah. ravey side rather than yeah. the house parties, you know? Yeah, true. And um like yesterday when we were talking about the show and I was talking about records, I picked up uh, there's this Mystic Bill record that got repressed and like it's on a n- nice fresh vinyl and there's stuff like that that's like really kind of this sort of chunky, quirky type of uh, house music that I think is really missing. And actually that's the kind of stuff that made me interested in sets from people like Ricardo Villalobos and stuff because they would play those records yeah. more than they would play like uh, you know minimal shit or something like that. So Yeah, true. I don't know. I I hope some of that stuff comes back. I know there's like uh there's a label called Unknown to the uh, yeah 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 or whatever DJ house yeah yeah like that whole crew they do some sort of like Jack tracks type stuff yeah. once in a while. Oh, I love and that. Yeah, yeah it's, it's really nice. Yeah, there's one new record. I think it's from. Um, it's not Vin Diesel. It's Vin Soul, mm-hmm. and it's absolutely banging. I played, yeah. but I just got a new, and then I was playing at par like a six or seven hour set, and I played it there for the first time, and like the whole floor went off, and it was like, well, it was so simple. It was just actually basically just a kick drum and a clap and a snare drum and some a little acid line and That's stuff. That's all it takes. And I was like, oh, this is so simple, but it's so cool. And mm-hmm. yeah, there are a lot of people like that. Like, um, Alden Tyrell, I think, is a yep. Dutch guy. But he, he used to be more like on the electro tip with the clone guys. And then yeah. once he started doing some of this more like Jack and housey techno stuff, I was like, is this the same Eldon Tyrell? Because it, it but yeah, it, it totally is, yeah. you know, so. Oh, I only know him from the Jackie kind of stuff. Yeah. So oh, okay. um, I think I saw him in Minneapolis probably 10 plus years ago, maybe even like 12 or 13. And he was doing the whole, uh, you know, like IF Dyrexia type vibe. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow, I didn't he's been know around that. for a while. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't old know school. That. Yeah, I just know him from uh, yeah the the Jackie, Jack House tracks. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool, interesting. Maybe yeah, should maybe check out Definitely. the stuff on Discogs. There you go. <laughs> Spending more money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's another thing. Um, you're still a big supporter of of playing vinyl. Um, oh yes. Yeah. Are you exclusively vinyl, or do you do CDJs too? Because no. I've only seen you with records. Yeah, I play or I try to always play records, but then, of course, due to the radio show and uh, having like this massive network, I get a lot of stuff sent at the moment, which is really good. But then, um, yeah, I would say I play 95% records and then the rest is just new stuff. Also from my crew, then I also make some music sometimes mm-hmm. and then it's which is playable. And um, yeah, but for me, it's like playing records is more fun because I'm more like a visual visual person visible mm-hmm. person i'm not sure how visual yeah. yeah visual person so it's i get lost in names and then on the stick it's not really my kind of thing and it's i, I think i always make a really angry face when i'm looking for tracks on the usb mm-hmm. key and um i look so much better when i'm playing records i think it's more you're, you're more in the party with that i mean i do the cdjs yeah um but you know it's records because it's kind of like this big things just staring at you and you can choose that's yeah. the one or that's not the one or that'll be in a few records. Yeah. Um, but then again, I mean, you know, for the longest time I stopped, I, I still buy records all the time and I rip them and I play them on the CDJs, but I stopped bringing them because first of all, the needles and turntables were never, it was always a shit situation, hmm. but I've actually found that has improved in yeah. the last couple of years. Yeah, definitely. But now the problem that I have is 
on the on the DJ mixers, which is most commonly the Zone ninety two or the Pioneer, the uh, the phono the preamps aren't so good. Yeah. So if I play, let's say, one of your records from your label next to another record that's uh, like on an MP three, um, probably the MP three is going to sound better. Yeah, of it's course. It's a better song. No, yeah. Just kidding, but <laughs> but uh, you know what I mean? Because like, uh, it, it there's just more fidelity to it. Whereas like the preamp, like especially on the Zone ninety two, you turn it all the way up to twelve or whatever, and yeah. then cues up, and it's still not as loud as yeah, you know. And um, but it depends. I mean, I think for I mean, you play mostly techno stuff, and I think for techno, it's more common to play CDs, and so most of the setups are just with cdjs but i think in this uh new school house scene where i'm in it's more common that we play records and sometimes they don't even have cdjs i'm like okay so it's definitely they're trying to uphold the tradition yeah 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 yeah. and it's uh and people know that i play records so they make sure it's everything is in good condition and then usually at the parties where i'm playing also the openers playing records and so it's uh they make sure everything is fine that's which, great yeah which is good but i i think when you play more festivals and big stages and also i think for techno it's more common to play uh cdjs mm-hmm. yeah i mean also with with techno a lot of the times you're doing like three decks yeah and um it's kind of easier to have cdjs cuz you don't really have to mix too hard <laughs> you just hit play but um, <laughs> you can do more like exactly. take the pistols can, out. Or <laughs> yeah, and you can do the Instagram pictures that everybody oh, yeah, loves yeah. to do. Oh, yeah, I love that. I mean, obviously, we're both on Instagram, but how do you feel about that whole deal in general? Oh, it's so funny because I just started with Instagram like three months ago because mm-hmm. everyone said I need it. Oh. You want some more wine? Yeah, yes, please. Okay, and I go never, on. I never say no to free wine. There you go. <laughs> Um, yeah, I just started with Instagram because I thought, okay, I have SoundCloud and I have Facebook, so that should be enough. And yeah, but then everyone's like, yeah, I just try it out. It's really cool, blah, blah, blah. And I, f- I have to say, I love it. I mean, it's, I'm trying to post. I just, really dig it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's so much cooler than Facebook because it's so much easier than to upload stuff. And there are not so many people talking about bullshit. And yeah, that's really good. And uh, yeah, I have to say, I like it. And it's I got a good following now. I mean, I, I, I originally started it because I thought that it would... Uh, I'm not following you, by the way. Should well, you should fix this. Uh, well, yeah. to be honest, I'm not doing much on there Let's anymore. do it now. Yeah. <laughs> like, the the thing is, is I, I started with Instagram because I was like, you know what? I bet you it'll force me to, like, start, you know, taking pictures and looking at the environment more. Because a lot of time, like, even if I go out of town, like, this weekend, I'll go wherever. Yeah. And... I might not give a shit. I might just sit on my phone or whatever. And now I'm like, I'm actively looking like, this is cool. That's interesting. Or oh, I yeah. realize like, wow, that's actually beautiful or something. Yeah. It's a real job. And, but then I just kind of fell off. And I, a lot of the stuff that I follow is like, uh, just cool arty shit. But I follow some DJs and friends and man, it's getting a little out of hand with the narcissism. Like mm. just, you know what? I, I have no, you know what? I've accepted in 2017. It's like, you want to take a selfie, take a fucking selfie. I don't care. But like, we don't need to have maybe 10 of them in a row or like a story. Like I'm doing another photo shoot. Like my rule of thumb <laughs> is you shouldn't have more photo shoots than you have records released. That's my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And, um, um, yeah, I mean, I'm also not really the Instagram selfie generation. My sister, who's 24, she's much, much better, and she knows what all the filters can do, and she mm-hmm. always looks perfect. But then I always look 
shit on pictures. <laughs> so I'm trying not to take too many, but of course I do it sometimes. But what I'm doing a lot is, um, um, yeah, of course, when you buy new gear and shit, then it's always a good picture, you know, of a Roland SH 101 or something like that. You get a lot of flags, and everyone's like, oh, dope quality. And Just all went to the record show, yeah. you know, all that kind of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, oh, yeah, stuff, stuff like this. But what I really like is also. Um, I do um, some little videos about my secret weapons because I have mm -hmm. a huge record collection. And uh, that's something people like. And I think I have a good interaction with people. Or, um, yeah, yesterday when my daughter did the, the workshop with, with Mike, I took a little video. And mm -hmm. stuff like this, this is nice. But then I don't really have to post my food or I don't really have to post... Yeah, so that's me in front of the crowd, uh, yawn, or that's me in the, in the hotel. This is my hotel view. Yeah. This is like... Um, the this is the, the view outside of my plane and shit like that so i mean keep it a little bit interesting so do some funny shit or and what i what i really hate is like you know you go on instagram and you see the same shitty pictures people already posted on facebook it's like why should i go on instagram then when i see the same shit on facebook exactly so i try to keep it a bit interesting and um yeah of course i'm taking selfies sometimes but i know i look shit on selfies so i'm just take it it's just I mean, making it, fun of myself it's a fact of life now so yeah. he's like i mean i it's not i'm not really into that i'm more into the ussy thing or it's like yeah. all right i'm with a group of friends let's yeah. you know what i mean that let's makes sense yeah. yeah exactly but what i really like and um a friend of mine is really good with it because he's um he's a resident at concrete his mm -hmm. name is leo paul and he's playing um he's playing live okay. and he does a lot of live videos so from um working on some new tracks and stuff like that. And that, I think that's really, really interesting. If you're into making music, I think that's that's something really cool. And I love to watch his videos and stuff. And uh, because also the stuff he's doing is like really inspiring the way how he's working because he's just jamming, no computer, and he's like dancing around and it's like just super cool. And I think that's something nice and he's using it very useful. And I think a lot of people should, I mean musicians should use it more like that you know like maybe having a, sh a studio jam or something like that or mm -hmm. just playing their, their 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 favorite records but then there are a lot of people that are just doing selfies and like oh this is just me um like lying on the sofa looking good and shit and i've like, been waiting uh, for four hours at the airport uh, yeah and, and, and I, I still look amazing i'm like <laughs> fuck off <laughs> <laughs> so i mean that being said like um and obviously, again, as as a mother, do you are you a little bit worried about you know what your daughter or the other generations are like what their take on it's going to be? Because like you or I can see that like we can agree on some things with people or say like oh come on now you're being an idiot, but uh, yeah. they're just going to grow up with all this being normal, <laughs> you know? And yeah, it's it's really crazy. I think I got my first mobile phone when I was eighteen or nineteen. Same for me. Yeah, and before. I mean, I was always playing outside, you know, and I also got my first TV when I was well, also when I was 19. But now everything is around. We have an iPad and she has her games to play and stuff. And yeah, you have to be really careful with that. But then, of course, I mean, I studied software development. So, of course, I want to I want her to be familiar with technical stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's yeah, I'm trying to keep it balanced. I think that's the, the key of um, yeah success or I don't know. But yeah, sometimes it's crazy when she's watching some movies it's it's all about like selfies instagram like fashion and shit and it's like is this is this uh, like a real is this what women are all about you know selfies and boyfriends mm -hmm. and like fashion and makeup and shit and i don't know there are not so many cool series around for for kids 
Yeah, to I be mean, honest. that's an interesting thing because uh, I don't know what it was. Was it an article? Was it some Facebook post? I don't remember, but I just basically they compared, uh, you know, this was American, so I think it was popular mechanics. I don't know if they have that in Germany or what it would be mm. off Deutsch. Um, basically, it's like, you know, where they talk about rockets and whatever the fuck's going on in uh, science every ah, month. okay. Yeah, I think um, we have something similar. Yeah, so I'm, I believe almost every country does. Um, so they kind of compare it to magazines, and it's like for, for young boys or men, it would be, you know, this where it's like, we're going to start a rocket, and this is what volcanoes look like. And then the, they would show side by side, it'd be like the girls' magazine where it's talking about, I don't know, ponies or, or uh haircuts or whatever you know what i mean <laughs> rockets and haircuts well the, so they were like you know this is uh the media is trying to say that mm. women um are taught to like these things and boys are taught to like these things yeah. but maybe girls want to learn about rockets and yeah. i'm like totally 100 percent. yeah and but at the same time you know when you do start to see a lot of these instagram stories or posts or whatever when it's really about vanity things and by the way it's not just women that are doing it either mm. like there's one of my friends that's a DJ that's doing all these fucking selfie type posts all the time and I break his balls. I'm just like, dude, come on. <laughs> like, nobody needs to be doing this. Yeah. So it's not, but like, I'm like, w what is it here? You know, like, I don't, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. It's, it's, it's crazy. Sometimes I don't really understand it. It's also when I check some Instagram because I'm not following too many people. And then when I go on search or stuff like that, it's mostly... It's mostly uh, people that were fat and now they're skinny because they did some exercises. That's what you're into looking at? or No, it's just oh. po it's just popping up. It's just either like makeup tips, which I sometimes look. Because sure. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, I studied with like 500 other boys. So uh, and I was always hanging out with boys. <laughs> I'm just really shit with makeup and stuff. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I'm just watching it just for research, you know, and um yeah, and then there's some some fit mummy and shit that I I don't know where this is coming from or what kind of algorithm is giving me all this stuff. And then of course I have a lot of like um, people in front of the crowd like rocking it and stuff like mm -hmm. that. But uh, yeah, sometimes it's crazy because all the women there all look the same, you know, all these influencers or whatever they're called and uh, it girls and stuff like that. They all look the same. It's like it's so boring. Yeah, I mean, that's a whole other podcast. And yeah, it's true. All. We could go in that for hours. Um, but it, it's interesting that you brought up the algorithm, though, because it's like on, on mine, it'll pull up, and it's like all this MMA, mixed martial arts shit. <laughs> and like, I mean, I I was into karate when I was younger. I don't really yeah. follow MMA now, but it's like a long list of this, and I don't follow anything from that world. Yeah. So it's a little incorrect. And then there's a couple DJs, I won't say who, where you can very obviously tell that they're paying a lot of money to these companies yeah. because it's like every day I get a new video from this person that oh, I yes. don't follow. Yeah. And it's like showing them rocketing on the decks or something. I'm like, listen, I don't know who you are. Well, I do now because they keep pummeling <laughs> me with shit. But it's like there, there was no way I was going to find my way to you. But yeah. now it keeps showing up. So I'm aware. Yeah. Or like you go on YouTube and you're watching a clip about it could be a cooking video or something. It doesn't mm. matter. And then up next is such and such at a festival. Yeah, like, it's how crazy. How the fuck does this work out, yeah. right? So my, my daughter is watching like a pony video and then there's like, oh, but this DJ is like really killing it. And I'm like, huh? Exactly. I don't So is it's as good as these algorithms can be sometimes. And other times you're just like, this is makes yeah. no sense at all. I think sometimes it's when you clicked by mistake on one of those videos, like mixed martial arts or something like that. Uh, and then I think the 
algorithm is making like a yeah like takes uh, the box it's like oh safe all right hit like once or yeah, something yeah, yeah like yeah watched it once and then you get all this shit so what's it like to be a woman in the <laughs> music industry <laughs> <laughs> that was my question <laughs> Yeah, it's caught her off guard. Yeah, pff, what should I say? I mean, it's fucking horrible. Like you gotta get the mic a little bit more. And that, you just push the pop filter. There you go. Okay, perfect. Cool. Yeah, so I mean, honestly, it's fucking annoying because like once a month, you know, when there's some lady stuff going on, my boobs are so big, I can't really see the mixer, mm-hmm. and I think we have to solve this fucking problem. I mean, there should be a mixer like. Well, they have training bras. <laughs> <laughs> or not training, bro, but, you know, for work. You know? <laughs> yeah. Or is that just me being ignorant and saying that's not enough? Yeah, that's not enough. I mean, it's okay. going to hold it back a little bit. A little bit, but, I mean, no, just kidding. But uh, f- for me, it's cool. I mean, especially, like, in the last couple of months, I can definitely tell I'm, it's really good to be a woman in the music scene. And if, you, if you're a nice person and if, you, if you're cool, then you have all the chances. Like, And it doesn't matter if you're a woman or a guy. And I... I said before I was working for for Ableton, mm-hmm. but then I uh, I am doing an EP for the label from uh, Jens from Cap Drivers, mm-hmm. and I sent him the tracks, and he was like, "Yeah, they're good, and but we're gonna make them a little bit dirty. So come to the studio, have a proper 909. We're gonna pimp them up a little bit." So we did all the drums again with the 909, and for me it was really nice to like work with all the machines because it's like a different kind of workflow. And then I was also in another a couple of other studios. And uh, I have to say, for me, it's really nice to make a switch from only working with Ableton to like more machines. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's 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 so much nice, and also have a studio partner. Um, I'm sharing the studio with because I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, I have to pick up my daughter at uh, four, and then uh, yeah, my studio partner is coming in later, and uh, it's really nice because he brought all this gear, and he's like, yeah, whatever you want, uh, just use it if you have questions and. I think it's really cool to be a woman because you get all of this help from everyone and uh, people lending me their machines, explaining their machines, and it's great. I mean, I love it. Do you feel that they're mansplaining, though, or do you think it's, for the most part, are you lucky that it's genuine and they're, like, just trying to whatever help you with whatever you need? Uh, I think they're just friendly and try to help me as much as they can because I'm also, like, a very helpful person, and uh, and I think, I don't know... Yeah, some people, they like it when, when, when you're interested in, in their kind of stuff. And especially, mm-hmm. I think when you're a woman, it's something, something different. And they, of course, want to help you and stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah, for me, it's perfect. And also, I never had a problem with being a woman. So, I always had my gigs and stuff. Mm-hmm. Everyone was always friendly. And no one ever told me, oh, we can't book you because you're a woman. I think it's, I think it's a matter of uh, also maybe personality. I think when you're mm-hmm. cool and you're good with people it's fine i mean and when you're doing your thing so yeah i mean it's interesting it seems like every every woman has different experiences of course i mean that that goes i think that's the same across the board but we're talking specifically right now about women and it's like there's some you know i talk to and they're like every fucking week i got some guy that's like telling me that i can't dj or he's like trying to fuck me or something like this and it's just like (laughs) listen i don't know what to tell you there i don't even know what your situation is and then there's some you know that say like, listen, uh, everybody's been really cool and helpful to me. Um, yeah. So I think it's just, it's. But that's that. W- it's not fair to say it's how you approach it because then it's like then you would accuse the people who are having trouble of yeah. saying like, well, you're the problem, which they're probably not. You yeah. know. So I think it's just kind of. 
Yeah, a little bit depends. of it's the luck of the draw. Maybe, yeah, you know? yeah, that's it. I mean, yeah. But I mean, you know, and the thing is, is you've been around for would you say twenty years? Twenty. Let me. I mean, you're only like 27 now, so I don't know how that's yeah, possible. Yeah, so whew, I don't know. <laughs> but, um, Started with six, like my daughter, exactly. you know, with seven. <laughs> but I mean, so what, yeah. obviously like, back then, everybody in the world agrees that shit was more um, of a boys' club back then, maybe that it is now. Do you def- feel that way or no? Yeah, definitely. I can I can definitely tell that a lot of like none of my friends, female friends, were into DJing and stuff like that, and they always said, "How can you do that? That's so complicated." I'm like, "No, it's not." And but then I had like fifty friends that they were DJs, so mm-hmm. and I think that's that's just how it is. And I mean now, uh, a lot more women are into music and stuff like that, and which is really really good. But um, yeah, I think the time time changed, and uh, yeah, I can also see it with uh, with with Ableton because I was uh, I was once uh, helping out in support. When uh, Life Nine came out, and I was on the phone or was was answering emails, I was like, I would say like ninety six percent guys mm-hmm. producing. Yeah, that says it. I think. I mean, it, it's definitely changing. But yeah. yeah, you know, like. Uh, but still, it's like male dominated because more guys are into it, and. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess that's the point. I'm not the. Yeah. I'm not the authoritative figure to say. And yeah. If I was to say, I have people. Could be get angry with me. Yeah, the fact of the matter is, like, you know, I uh, one night I was out uh, at the end of the weekend at the bar, you know, where I'm usually posted up, and uh, this girl comes up to me and she just starts chewing me out big time mm. about what animal, well, what the fuck did I do, you know? And she's like, "Well, you need to have more female artists on your label." Uh, that's what I told you, like last. <laughs> yeah, well, but I was just like, listen. Uh, I'm totally open to it. And by the way, I was supposed to have female artists as early as 2010 or 11 or whatever. Mm. And it didn't work out. And that's fine. But I was kind of waiting for the right stuff. And I, like you said, um, when you were working on Ableton and a lot of the, the calls coming in were guys, I don't yeah. really take demos for my label so much. I mean, they come in. My, I don't have an open door policy. My policy is more like... If you can get in the door, <laughs> then yeah. we'll then we'll talk. Sort Somehow, of thing, yeah. you know, like you got to work your way in. Yeah. And for the most part, when things do come in, I pay attention. And in a year, I would get maybe five demos from girls, and yeah, they weren't the ones. I but get that's the same with five hundred demos from guys that weren't yeah. the ones. So I get no demos from girls. Yeah. But then five hundred from guys. So here's the thing I have to say in the last year because I'm of the whole social change and also I've added now two females to the label, which I waited a long time. Hmm. Not not necessarily to pick the right one, but like was waiting for the one I was like, This is exactly what I need for my label. Yeah, of course. Um I can say that the amount of demos that I received from females has definitely increased yeah. this year alone. Uh it's still a small fraction of what I get compared to male demos. Yeah, of course. Um, <clears throat> but again, I don't really know that my numbers are worth mentioning because I don't, I don't really accept them technically. But so yeah, I, I do find it interesting, and I think like, uh, you know, for example, with the podcast, I've tried to have females on here a lot in the past, like since the beginning. I've yeah. I've asked so many people and a couple were interested and then didn't show up and yeah. some were just not responding at all. Yeah. And you remember me 
making fun of it when I said, "Oh, you you have no girls." What's yeah, I get that weekly. Wrong? No, I get yeah. it weekly. That's of course, the thing. Yeah. Like every week, someone's you know getting in my case about it. Yeah, and it's like, listen, I can only do so much. I'm not gonna beg people. I don't like my yeah. rule of thumb is I don't chase anybody for remixes, for records, for anything. Yeah, but um, I think like now at this point, if I was to go back and email some people again there would be a little different of an opinion. I mean, yes, now the show has been around a little longer with some established guests, so it has a validity to it. But I also think that it helps when there are other females involved that they're like, okay, this is a like a real factor. It's yeah. not somebody trying to play a game. Does that seem realistic or does that seem, yeah. you know? Yeah, and the, the girls should know you don't bite, so... Yeah, exactly. And you're good, you're good host. There's always so, nice wine. So. so they should come on the show, Yeah, right? they should come on the show. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I can imagine mm. that, like, it, you know, one thing, and I think this was probably five years ago or something. Uh, do you remember Heidi? She oh, does yeah. stuff at Watergate? Yeah. Uh, I saw something on YouTube, and she was talking about how she, I don't know if she is or interested in the promoter dinners, but she was basically saying that, like, Every promoter dinner is kind of like going on a blind date. Would you agree to that extent? Oh, it's yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah. Sometimes I wasn't a promoter set. I was like, did this guy book me for my music or did he just want to date me or something? But mm -hmm. I mean, it's fun. I mean, I think I'm I'm a quite easygoing person, so I take everything with a lot of humor. So yeah, it's fun. I mean... Mm -hmm. yeah but i mean well, everybody's different some people don't have that strength you know or they feel yeah, like or they've been betrayed or something you know yeah, and yeah that's true and i mean i'm I'm quite old so i mean i have a, you're a not, bit more come on now yeah i mean 37 so it's it's still good but then uh i mean yeah i probably have a little bit of more like life experience than someone who's just like turning 22 and when i look back when i was I mean, I started DJing and stuff in clubs and like traveling when I was 18. So, and I was so young, I was super shy. And then usually I didn't talk too much. And I mean, if I would start now and being like 18, 19, 20, something like that, I would, I would probably also be super shy and like be a bit scared and everything. But I'd uh, be super skeptical. Yeah, of course. I'd be, I mean, like, I mean, that would, you know. Not saying that in the sense that you'd be like, oh, I got something to offer here. Otherwise, aside from music, but you're just like, I don't know, I'm skeptical of people in general. Not yeah, to be like a, a young female, I'd be ultra skeptical. So I, mm. I'm not going to say I can identify, but like I totally would agree. I would do the same. But like, you know, I mean, I, and there, there's a lot of the, the whole media these days is there's a lot of emphasis on getting the female voice out there and whatnot, mm. and yeah. which is great. And I mean, I have to be careful on how I word this because some people will really, you know, misunderstand. Yeah, you. yeah. But in uh, and not to <laughs> degrade any other experiences, but like what I read a lot about in the media these days is obviously names that are hyped because the media always champions hype over legends yeah. to a degree or whatever, and that's like the world in general. That's not just yeah. house and techno. Yeah. So it's like you read a lot about these articles, and it's a lot of uh, females that uh have been doing this for like two years or something and they're in their early 20s and not to say that their experiences don't matter because they do like if a guy says some fucked up shit to you or whatever that's yeah. that is legitimate you know yeah but i'm what i'm kind of disappointed in with the media is when they don't speak to females that have been around for 
decades, you know what I mean? Or even 10 years. Like you, you, you think about people that have been around like just on the German side, like Ellen Ailey and Monica Cruza. Yeah. I mean, I am sure that they have plenty of stories, good or bad. Yeah. You know, I, I want to see what the experience is, yeah. is over the course of time, not just right now. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, that's a good point. And sometimes I think it's really sad when you, when you have an article about a guy like, okay, let's do a studio tour. And then on the other side, an article about a female DJ. And it's like, oh, what are you wearing for your gigs? It's like, mm -hmm. oh. what do you pack in your bag? Yeah. Oh, I've seen that. You yeah, know? me too. And it's like, oh, is this, oh, oh, no. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, there. the thing is, is the media is definitely to blame in yeah, that regard. But definitely. at the same time, there are also females who've just like you know what i'm gonna roll with that like mm. this is what makes it work and, and and you know everybody does that there's guys that are just like well you know i'm I'm that guy now i'm the guy that's gonna do this and yeah. it gets me famous and it gets me paid you yeah know? of course and yeah so i mean yeah i mean everyone wants to have a a little piece of the cake so and i can understand that and if you if you're pretty and of course then uh you post more pictures then you're posting more tracks because you get more likes and stuff like that i can totally understand that and uh Yeah, I think this 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 whole man and female situation is really hard to explain or to talk about because everyone has different experiences and I can understand that it's hard for women, but I can also understand that it's hard for men because there are so many. So, yeah, but I think for me it's like I think if you're good and you're really into what you're doing, you will definitely make it somehow. But then people shouldn't expect you're going to make it after one year. I think a lot of people, definitely. They're, they're always like, oh, I just started, so I need to be on every festival. It's not like that. I'm doing it for 20 years. I had my ups and downs, and it's going to be like that, and I'm I'm still around. So Totally. And I also see it with a lot of other people. For example, Woody, I was playing with um, my first uh, proper and big gig in in, in Berlin at the, the New Year's Eve with Westbam. So... Um, we were at the same label and he was he was doing great. He had his old label, he was playing a lot and then it was going down with him and now he's like doing one of the some of the best parties in Berlin with Heideglün. Mm -hmm. So you're always seeing each other twice and sometimes it goes down and then it goes up again and people should be a bit more patient and stuff like that. Man, that's one of the biggest problems with uh I think with the the scene today, or at least for especially for new producers or like aspiring producers and DJs, is that I mean it is at this point um, easier than ever before to climb to let's say an international level like so much more quickly. Yeah, of course. Like what I accomplished in let's say my first ten to twelve years, um, you should, in my opinion, be able to easily do in two to three. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then, you know, so because just the technology is easier and media, if you're not taking selfies and stuff, you know, uh, and using it to your benefit, you can really make it work, you know. Yeah. And so it is easier to do things, even to flyer for parties. We had to hand out flyers in the cold before. Now you just post a Facebook image. Yeah. You know? um, so it is quicker to do things. Therefore, people expect the immediate return. They're like, well, I should be making, you know uh 1500 bucks a night and i should be playing three nights a week and for you know like every weekend and it's just like i get that that's what you would love to do but why do you think you deserve that you know yeah. you've been doing this for two and a half years and you're definitely good and i think you can be great if you work on it but you know yeah what's the yeah sometimes but, I, f I, f I think the same that there are a lot of people like popping up and they're doing it for two years and it's 
it's fine and it's good that they have their success but then sometimes i'm like yeah just give yourself a little bit more time i mean what's going to happen after the hype everyone knows that it's going down so sometimes it's much better to have like a solid career with like a proper base and uh but it takes like two years lo longer mm -hmm. so that's my opinion but no i mean i i get it like you know for me personally i've I mean, I've, I've had hits over my years, and I used to do a lot more than I do now, but uh, <laughs> I'm not really focused on, on that so much at the moment. Yeah. But the thing is, is it's like there was never something that was like a overnight success or whatever. Yeah. And uh, so I just think that sort of like slow grind, that consistency thing can go a long way. Yeah. You know? And uh, like I know that you've kind of followed the same path of just kind of like being consistent, always playing well, and that's yeah. what people are going to respect you for. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. But I have to say there are also a couple of people, they they wrote me on Facebook, so, oh, where are you coming from? So you just pop up. And I was like, nope, I'm doing it for such a long time. Yeah. And they said, like, ah, I don't believe that. And then, you know, I post a picture of my record collection, and they're like, oh, shit, you're doing it for a long time. Because, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Well, people are going to hate, period. Of course, you know? but then f you have to, um, uh, what's the thing I'm always saying? It's like you need your friends to keep you on the ground and then you need your haters to get better. So, it, I mean, yeah, everyone true. who's hating, I mean, thanks God, I don't really have any haters. That, that's really good and very surprising for some reason. And um, yeah, but then uh, I think I had one person who was saying something funny, like, oh, you just popped up and blah, blah, blah. But then uh, I was just talking to him and like, look, I do it for a long time. And it was, uh, and then also I was posting once a picture of my record collection, which is like really huge. And he was like, okay, so I believe you. And uh, now he's my biggest fan. So he's coming to all of nice. my shows. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Buying me drinks. <laughs> That's awesome. I think, you know, the, the thing is we live and work in a industry that's a little bit more focused on the on the party lifestyle and whatnot like there is an art to it for sure and it it some people definitely regard it as a higher form of of the arts or whatever and then other people let's be honest they just kind of came into it to drink and and get fucked up and party and they never really kind of left that part of it and honestly i don't mind it because i mean they make they make it fun but yeah, like you, I was actually on Wikipedia checking out a couple people last night, <laughs> and you can tell that ravers edited their shit. Okay. And um, I mean, it's the same thing in, in Facebook comments. Like one right now, one of the the big things this week was Underground Resistance has the car heart oh stuff. Oh my god! Yeah, big shitstorm. Yeah. And like the amount of idiotic bullshit that like I read just in the twenty seconds of skimming it because I I knew to cut myself off. I was like, don't read these comments because you're just going to get sucked in because that's, yeah. that's why I stayed away from the stuff. But, yeah. you know, uh, there's people that never left 1994, for example. And oh, yes. you're just like, oh, man. Still wearing the T-shirt from Trezor, True Spirit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, um, but I mean, that's that's what a lot of the, the scene can be. You know what I mean? Not everybody's like, uh, it's like, the way I look at it with the scene is it, it changes every few years. Like uh, the kids that are excited about your music today or my music in three or four years, yeah, they're going to be finishing up college or whatever, or popping out a kid or something. They're going to be like, they're still into it, but they're like, it's, I don't have time to take a fucking pill and party all weekend anymore. Yeah. They're an adult now. Yeah. And then you have people like us who just kind of make it your life uh, with a job and everything. And then there's the people who 
come back to it when they're like 35 and divorced or something. They're like <laughs> treating like it's high school, you know, and yeah. they got this like crazy outdated uh, theory about shit, you yeah. know, and that, there's a lot of people like that. Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a really big group. I totally yeah. agree. Yeah. I mean, like the old Frankfurt Ravers. Oh, my thing. God. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Still wearing the Sven Fate uh, haircut U60 from 60 and everything. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. So, yeah. um, and I mean, you know, and of course, they'll always tell you, like, things were better back in the day. But, I mean, since you, you experienced Frankfurt and you've experienced Berlin, would you say that things were better back then than now or no? Or was it just different? Mm, I think it was just different. And I think the biggest difference was that uh, we didn't have mobile phones. And I'm so happy that I experienced that time because what we did was like going to the club, like having one pill and like raving all night. And now mm. it's just like uh, going to the club or mostly like going to a festival and taking pictures and selfies and filming the DJ who's doing nothing than just pressing play. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it definitely changed a lot. I'm not saying that everything was better because usually like the sound system was really crap and stuff. But um yeah, it was, uh, I don't know, everything was a bit more relaxed because now I think everyone is so desperate to take like the best picture. Everyone's dancing yeah. in one direction. I don't know where this is coming from. And uh, yeah, so it was it was definitely a little bit more relaxed. And uh, yeah, now, yeah, sometimes I think it's really stressful because especially when you don't really, if you, if you don't really want to post too much on your socials, then... Yeah, everyone's like, ah, oh, you have to post more and blah blah blah. Especially, yeah, I hear it all the time. Uh, yeah, you know, your PR assistant and shit like that. And uh, I think in the nineties we didn't have all that stuff. I mean, you had your booker. Yeah. If you were lucky, you could take out a magazine ad if you wanted, but you know, you send your records out for review. Yeah, or, you know. yeah, but now it's like you have a PR assistant or you have a you have a personal assistant. You have a manager. And sometimes I talk to your manager. It's like, what what what, what do you need your yeah. manager for? It's like. And uh, it's crazy sometimes. I've had that with friends. Like, we're trying to work out, like, record deals or remixes or whatever. Yeah. I mean, some of them are legitimate, bi legitimately busy. You know, like, if uh, I can get a hold of Adam Bayer on the phone anytime, but if he's yeah. like, if there's, like, business stuff, he's like, yo, you, you got to take, take it up with the guy. Like, I get it. You're yeah. busy as fuck. But then there's people who are just starting on. They're like, well, can you run it by my manager? I'm like, I'm not going to talk to your manager. <laughs> it's like you have one gig I'm like, I'm going to take care of you, but I'm not going to talk to your manager. Oh, yeah, classic. Um. You know, and and I guess that's just a product of what's happening today. But, yeah. I mean, with Berlin, we're pretty lucky in the sense that there's not so much photography going on. Oh, yeah. Um, thanks, God. Thanks, God. Yeah. Although, like, because I I know a lot of the, the kids that go out around town and whatnot, it, what they do is that once they leave the clubs, they go back to the house and they have the house party and then they'll take the picture on Facebook. I'm like, yeah. you're not going to want that on, on the Internet in five years. Yeah, but whatever. that's true. I guess yeah. we all are guilty of those things from back in the day. Yeah, true. But um, I don't know. I mean, like, here's the thing. Like, I think you, you mentioned earlier that the power would get shut off at a rave and you got to run to find it and switch it back on. And to me, that was like especially growing up in the Midwest, that was a standard night out. Like you could have this great party and the power just cut out because the sound system was yeah. wired into one circuit or whatever. Nowadays, it's like if I went to a party and the power cut out, I wouldn't be a diva about it. I'd be like, what, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> I'd be a little like, come on, man. You know, yeah. like let's be professional here. But at the same yeah. time, I went through that so many times when I was younger. So we're kind of lucky now. I feel like the, the stakes are higher. Like, yeah, uh, definitely. The quality is better. I don't know if the music is... Well, the music is better in some degree. I yeah. don't know. It's just 
apples and oranges is different. Yeah, true. But, but I never go to a concert uh, to Astra <laughs> because they're losing electricity so many times. Really? Yeah. Fuck, I'm going there next Friday. Oh, shit. Yeah, you should be prepared because uh, last concert I was was uh, Subtract. So it's a guy, he's a bit like dubstabby, like from the UK. And I'm not sure if you know him, but it's like very electronic and stuff okay. like that. So he, he brought his... Uh, Roland Tear Tear uh, Eight, the, the the new thing and stuff like loads of gear and stuff, and he was like jamming, and then oh, I, no. I swear like the electricity went off like three times, and he was like, "Fuck, not again!" I mean, he was taking it like for him, it was kind of funny, but then when it happened the third time, it was like, "Oh shit!" And then also for the audience, it was really shit. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, back in the days, it was quite fun. It was normal. It was yeah. normal, and also when the police, I mean, they. The police came so many times. Like, so our parties. Keep it quiet. Yeah, keep yeah. it quiet. And then, <laughs> and then it's like party. No, he's no party. No. Yeah, what, what, no what? I know what you're talking about. I don't know. If, I don't know who called you. And or like the police came and at seven in the morning and like took the mixer and stuff and the, mm -hmm. uh, like that. And I had to pick it up on Monday. Like, what happened? I was like, yeah, it just was my birthday party. It was just going a bit out of control, <laughs> and I had to pay like fifty euros. <laughs> <laughs> Which at the time was a big deal. Yeah, yeah, f <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to have anything to do with the police, and then I had to pick it up. And I said, "Yeah, but don't do it again." I'm like, "No, okay, it's fine. Next time, I'm just celebrating my birthday somewhere else." And uh, yeah, that was good fun. But yeah, uh, yeah, as you said, now the 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 quality is much better, and also the quality of the you now call it uh, the quality of the production. It's not mm -hmm. like a club night or something. It's a production. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely much better. So wherever I play, like the the turntables are in perfect condition and there's CDJs and mm -hmm. you can really tell they've been reading my writer. There's even a hairdryer in my hotel room. That's right. We were talking about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, he here's the thing. Like, I, you know, obviously I got a cell phone shortly after, but with some of my first gigs, I didn't have a cell phone. So oh. it was like <laughs> back then, like you show up at the airport and yeah. you, you just hope that someone shows up. <laughs> yeah. you, like Story of my life. In Japan. Yeah, I've got <laughs> stories. I won't go into them because they, they, they take too long and quite frankly, they're not interesting enough. But, you know, where you kind of get stranded for a while and whatnot. And yeah. I mean, you never knew what kind of hotel you were going to stay at if there was one. Uh, you <laughs> Are know. you going to stay at the promoters? Yeah. And <laughs> all these awkward situations. And so, yeah, of course, I, I have to say that uh, I, I kind of believe that things are a lot better these days like despite the eight million cameras in your face during a show yeah or whatever and all the vanity and and the narcissism that comes with it like from a production standpoint it's good i think uh there's a big incentive for djs to and live acts to really play their best mm -hmm. because there's you know countless people below you that are just ready to pick up where you left off mm. so i don't know i mean of course we have great nostalgic moments back in the day and there's some things there's a certain energy that you can never yeah replicate <clears throat> but that every gen every generation has that yeah of course i mean i remember nights when there was a massive feedback from the turntables and we just put toast totally. underneath yeah and that's that's hilarious when you think back of that and then i mean i had it once nowadays when i was playing somewhere and then uh there was a lot of feedback it was like guys i mean you need to put something underneath and i said we don't have anything and it was like give me like some cloths or just put some clothes underneath to like reduce the feedback and then it was fun and it's like wow you know all the tricks and i was like yeah because i'm old school yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. there you go <clears throat> yeah just fixing the sound system well yeah, i mean that's another part of it like you used to set up on like just the most bullshit tables and bricks and whatnot and now it's like you have a 
you, you should hopefully have like a heavy duty yeah. um, table or whatever, like a yeah. booth or something, you know? So yeah. I don't know. I think, I think it's come a long way despite, you know, everybody saying the, the good old days, as we say in English, you know? So. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I mean, there are some, some things were good and it's definitely that no one had a cell phone, mm -hmm. but then also from the technical side, sometimes it was just crap, you know, like playing at totally. an after hour with just, uh, homemade turntables or like mm -hmm. do you remember the turntables they which are not techniques you know like the ones that have a like vestax a new mark or something uh, yeah i mean the the the, the, the techniques they have the how's it called the belt drive they versus have a, direct yeah yeah yeah. the, okay. be, the belt drive was the, the belt drive is the like a little one. sort of um it takes a lot it's of like a belt it's like around a belt, your yeah. waist and it kind of rolls around the two motors yeah whereas the direct drive is yeah. like instant yeah instant it's yeah. supposed to be if it's yeah Tuned up, so. Oh my god! I was I was playing at a party once and I had these belt <laughs> It was absolutely horrible. You couldn't really pitch and stuff. It was oh, it was hilarious. Yeah. yeah, like whatever you do, it's like slow in reaction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's super slow. And then I was like, oh, just fuck it. I'll just mix into the break. <laughs> I don't oh, give a yeah. shit. <laughs> well, I mean, like I, I I have to believe, like you know, like Carrie Chandler and those guys, they'll yeah. still rock the reel the reels for like special oh, sets yeah. each year. Oh, and I have to imagine it's much like a belt drive yeah which it is, is yeah the worst fucking situation possible if you're playing records so yeah i don't know i've never done it and i've only seen the videos of, of carrie doing it. but like i saw a video of carrie doing it in amsterdam like a year or two ago where he's got two of the tape machines going and then he's playing the keys over the top mm. i'm like how the fuck Crazy but shit, you know yeah. then again i've seen carrie play in in detroit and like it was cool tracks but it was like it was some of the worst mixing I've, I've seen, period. I was just, I couldn't believe it. it but happens, then when yeah. I saw this video, like, everything was dead on. And when he was playing the keys, I mean, like, the dude can actually play it. You yeah, know? of like, course. It wasn't just, like, a couple chord stabs, like, where you one, put it one in our chord. Record, dun, 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 yeah. dun, you know, it wasn't like that at all. Yeah. So, yeah, he's know. amazing. Yeah, crazy. But we were just, I, I can't really remember who I just talked to the other day about um, records and uh, what's the the next big underground thing and we we were making jokes about some people they're releasing their stuff on tapes now and yeah. i'm like who the fuck who the fuck's playing that kind of shit and then i think we also talked about some other people they um they just uh they oh yeah yeah yeah. a friend of mine he's playing he's playing cds and i'm like who's playing cds these days i mean this is a even lot of more, these old guys are yeah this is even more old school than playing records i mean cd I don't know, I would be completely lost. But he, yeah, it was just like two weeks ago. And I was like, are you serious? Did you ever hear about USB keys? No, that's not cool. I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it's just, it is a, um, you know, there, I really, there really is a point where after a while, it's not so much that you're inept at like trying to be able to learn something new. It's just you stop giving a shit. Yeah. Where it's like, for example, we were talking about Instagram earlier. I do the Instagram stories, but I don't know how to do the stickers or the filters oh, or whatever. Oh, shit, yeah. Like, I there's a couple I can do, but I'm like, how do they get, like, I still don't know how, like, I can get, like, a thing to move along the screen uh, with whatever. My daughter knows it. Yeah, all that. I don't, she should And it's like, us. I just don't care. Yeah. I but, still don't know how, what's this other thing called? Uh, the thing with the funny faces? Oh yeah, Snapchat. Like yeah, yeah. I so, still don't. I still but, don't get the the, the um, how's it called? I still don't get all these uh, faces and stuff. My daughter's yeah. like, "Mom, you're so stupid. 
chill the fuck out. Well, I'll write people and I'll be like, how'd you do that? And they said Snapchat. Yeah. But I mean, it's the same thing with, with these people who are DJing where it's just like you, you go up and you show up at a festival and they're making like five times the amount of money you are. Yeah. And you just like start busting their balls. You're like, well, what's up with the CD thing? I don't know. I'm like, why don't you just you and like they're still very technical on everything. And I'm like, yeah. Like, I just, I don't have time to listen, to learn that record box shit. I'm like, so, but you have time to burn 8 million CDs? Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't get it. But I also still don't know how to use record box, to be honest. It's I, time to, time to get together. And, yeah, uh, I have someone who wants to do it for me. There you go. Yeah, that's the good thing about being a woman in the techno <laughs> industry. You always have people like, for you. yeah, yeah, but it's really cute. He was like, oh shit, you're not using record box. I was like, no. Sorry, I don't have to, I don't have time for it. He was like, "Let me do it for you." I was like, "Yeah, yeah, cool. come on over. Here's yeah. my MP3s. Make it work." <laughs> yeah, shit, I should actually call him. Totally forgot about it. There you go. Yeah, I mean, it's it's super handy, and if anything, it's just it's a it's better for the environment. But B, it's like so much less amount of time. Like I haven't burned a CD in fucking yeah eight years. I don't maybe. even know how it's working. Oh, but then crazy shit. Uh, a friend of mine gave me his old MPC 2000. Mm -hmm. And I was crazy, you know, with like discs. And mm -hmm. that was so old school because I never worked with an MPC. Oh, okay. And so, and he had one lying around in the studio. I was like, dude, you really have to give it to me because I want to see the technique behind it. And it's like really one of the first ones. And <laughs> so we did it together. And he was like, oh, shit, I can't even believe how I made tracks with that because. You have to sample something and then you have to find the right tempo and that's something you're going to do like manually and exactly. stuff like that. So you had to kind of know how to beat match uh, the the metronome with the with the sample and exactly. stuff like that. And then you had to put these discs in. It reminds me a little bit of like when I started making music with an Atari and I had Cubase 2.0 and, wow. uh, and black and white and it was so funny and... <laughs> Yeah, I was just uh, laughing about it, how old school it is. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, I've had Ian Pooley on the show. He's, oh, nice. He's a neighbor, and he's still, like, diehard uh, into the MPC 2000. Oh, okay. wow. And I, I was talking to him, I'm like, uh, you ever going to switch? Hell no. Well, what about the new MPCs? Those are pretty cool. He's like, oh, fuck that. I'm, yeah. he's, he's like, he, he will use the MPC 2000 until he dies. Like, yeah, of course. There's just nothing else that... And he's just like, this is the way I learn. This is what I know. Yeah. And it's like, it really, it's like the 303. It's not really actually, I mean, the MPC is much easier, but the 303 yeah. is a pain in the ass oh, to yes. actually make something real with. Yeah. You know, like a lot of people, when you listen, to, if if you're not a producer and you listen to the show now, a lot of the tracks that you listen to, it's just random shit. But if you hear something that actually sounds like a, a progression or a melody, like that's not easy to program on that thing. Oh, yeah. Know? So to do what, you know, is quite common today in production. It's, it takes a lot of time on MPC. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we I sampled a couple of things just to get to know the the workflow and stuff like that. It was just a pain in the ass. I was like, fuck, I can't do this with Ableton in like five minutes. And it took like, whatever, it took like half an hour. But mm -hmm. I mean, for me, it's nice to know because I'm a pretty much technical person. So for me, it's, it's super nice to learn the technique behind it and stuff. So I'm not sure if I'm ever going to use it, but it was nice to know how it worked and it's stuff. It's good to but know, to have yeah. the reference. Yeah, but maybe I should invite Ian to the studio. There you go. I'll just go to him and like, sorry. Just this, be like, what's up? This is not working properly. Make it work. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shadowing you today. But I mean, it, it's just, I think it's a good thing to learn. Just like uh, it's a bad analogy. But there's a lot of people in this day and age that are like, oh, I've still never seen a, a Star Wars movie. 
You and didn't? You never did? No, I have. Oh, okay, I've seen yeah. them all. But, like, some people say this, and yeah. I'm like... Me too. I didn't. I never. Never? Not a, not a one? I, I watched the first one. I okay. started several well, here's times. The thing. But never... Really, they're all stupid, period. But yeah. the thing is, is, and I like them, but they're stupid. Let's be honest. They're children's movies. But the thing is, there's every day, well, especially in America, maybe not so much in Germany, there's a joke you can run into that pertains to that world. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel in, there's so much you can miss out on. Like, in America, everybody still talks about... Uh, Who's the girl with the big ass? The model? She's with Kanye West. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Kim Kardashian. Kim Kardashian, yeah. All the time. Like, I still haven't I haven't seen the show. I don't, like... Oh, I also, I, no, I saw it once for five minutes, but I had to switch off because it was so annoying. Yeah, I don't know. I lost my earrings. I was jumping in the water, and I lost my ears. It was like, yeah. oh, fucking so hell. So people will, like, reference her. And uh, I saw her once in person in an airport in Minneapolis, and that's really my whole... Um, that's all I really know about her. Yeah. You know? And uh, I feel like that's the same with, with Star Wars in a way where it's like there's a whole world of people talking shit about it or cracking jokes. And yeah. if you don't, if you haven't seen it, you're not in on it. And I, I think that's the same thing with like records. Like, listen, if you're just starting off now and you're only going to do digital stuff, that's fine. But maybe go over to a friend's house that's got some turntables and just be like, I should just see what this is about. You yeah. know what I mean? If if you're going to take it seriously as a career. Or like yeah. doing your homework. Like yeah, yeah, doing the homework. Where did these house records originally uh, originate from? Or You know what I mean? Yeah. Let's do, yeah, I got to pee too. So <laughs> should we wrap it up shortly here? Yeah. Or you want to... If you take any product on, like if you're going to remodel your house or, or something like that, like uh, there's the beginning, the middle, end, like the whole journey, kind of like... Uh, it forces you to try a little harder or like oh, yeah. go outside your comfort zone. Oh, like yeah. afterwards you feel like you accomplished something, yeah. you know? Yeah. And you have something in your hands. You have like a whole product. It's your album. Exactly. And I like, I love results from um, work. Yeah. I'm a results based person for sure. Like, I mean, uh, I, I love being in the studio. Don't get me wrong, but you know what I like even more results. Yeah. <laughs> me too. Yeah. It's, it's the best. I love, I also love to be in the studio and I mean, Especially for me, learning all these new things and stuff like that. It's, uh, yeah, I love results and, uh, yeah, it's the best thing. But then everyone mm-hmm. loves it, I think. I mean, like, uh, earlier this year, I was working with a friend in the studio for, like, a week straight. And we were just recording jams. Like, not even songs. Like, just hitting the keys, like, bullshit type stuff. <laughs> and drinking the whole time. Every <laughs> night. Wow. And I'm like... What are we like after a while? I'm like after a couple nights. I'm like, what are we doing? This is he's, he's like, you know, we're just we're just getting material together. I'm like, man, there's a lot of. I was just starting <laughs> to get a little frustrated, you know. But I'm like, all right, let's roll with it. Yeah. And then eventually later, it came in to be some great stuff, and it's coming out soon, and that's awesome. Um, and then you know you could see the actual results from it. But that first week of just kind of screwing around, yeah. which ended up being very fruitful. We got a lot of like uh hooks and stems and all that kind of shit out of it yeah i was just like because i didn't see the results i'm like i don't have time for this i gotta be more responsible i need to pay the bills well all that kind of shit you know but you got to do that too yeah of course i mean i have tons of loops unfinished loops on my computer Mm -hmm. i'm like shit i need to finish these because i need tracks everyone's asking for tracks and stuff and i don't have any anything ready and uh but that's how it is sometimes you have a lot of loops and then you start working on them and it's annoying because Mm -hmm. everyone knows doing an arrangement is pain and yes totally. but then when you have the result and it's coming out and you get a a track premiere or whatever it's called nowadays mm-hmm. and uh, everyone loves it and writes underneath like oh quality 
uh oh wait what are the things people always write underneath we'll test all this kind yeah, of shit we'll test. it's playable it's playable um quality well done i'm proud of you and all that stuff <laughs> so. i mean it's like if if you were like talking about dating somebody and they were to compliment you in the worst way possible that's basically what dj feedback is oh yeah you yeah. know what i mean yeah it's like um uh, uh yeah okay acceptable you, 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 yeah. you're pretty <laughs> Not even that. That's if you're lucky. Yeah. You're like, oh, you you are, you like this red shirt? You know what I mean? Because they yeah. won't even get that detail. They'll just be like, good stuff. Good and stuff. it's like, what's good about this? You Downloading know, for Richie Houghton. Exactly. So, and and then the, the fucking worst part of it all is that you got to pay big money to get that sheet with that information. Oh, so. yeah, true. <laughs> but that's, that's the game, man. That's the it's game. It's an industry. Yeah, it is. I know that you got to head out to dinner, though, uh, pretty soon, so we'll wrap it up here. Yep. Um, what else is coming up for remixes, releases, podcasts, all that stuff? Uh, let me have a think. All right. So there is going to be an EP I'm going to do for Ravax. Ravax? Ravax. Okay. Yeah. Then I, I like that whole label collective. Yeah, me too. Uh, it's amazing. Also, like, like uh, Robert, uh, we're going to play together in Mannheim this Saturday, and it's going to be fun because, uh, yeah, we both... Robert? Yeah, Robert. Uh, Robert is the guy. He is doing the labels, and ah, okay. he also is owner of the DBH distribution. Oh, so he's the one that's behind all. Yeah, of it. yeah, yeah. Because you know, shy wax and raw wax, dub wax, all yeah. that stuff's come up on the show before, and like, I'm such a big fan of all that and the, yeah. the issues, and it's like I can connect you. Please do. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's yeah. interesting. There's a lot of great stuff that gets repressed. Yeah, and, it's yeah. it's amazing. I mean, I have so many copies from like back in the days that just fucked up, and like uh, someone put the orange juice on it or mm -hmm. someone has been throwing up on it and stuff like that so it's nice to have a fresh copy and yeah so we're gonna play together in uh, Mannheim this Saturday it's gonna be fun for sure and then I will have this EP on uh, it's a label it's called Ground Service so it's from one half of the cab drivers mm -hmm. from Jens then oh, there's so much stuff coming out I mean there's so many people asking there's another it, uh, it's another smaller label it's called Quality Wipe but mm -hmm. it's, it's really really good and, uh, oh, yeah, that, then there's another cool thing because Matthias Carden asked for a track for mm -hmm. Muna Records. And that's something I'm really proud of because they, they're very picky and stuff. So, yeah, there's a lot of stuff, upcoming stuff. And, I mean, I just have to finish some tracks and then send it out and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, but first I want to make some proper EPs like a lot of people are playing and picking up on it. And so that's definitely my name, uh, my next aim, goal, whatever. Cool. Yeah. What about other podcasts? Um, I mean, I guess this is this will be up in a few weeks or something. Like that, but <laughs> let's months. say towards the end of the year, is there anything fresh that people should check out or that just came out? Or uh, yeah, definitely the mix I did for Accelerator and the feature they did about me. I think it's it's really nice. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, but what else is in the pipeline? Yeah, I mean, there's always stuff going on. But I think that's that's the best thing because these days I don't really like the one hour mixes, so I usually do like two three four hours it's the best way it's the best way so i can show a lot of music i like and uh yeah people are always digging about the, the the track ids and stuff yeah so that's definitely something i would recommend and apart from that yeah i don't know got some stuff in the pipeline not wanna don't want to talk about it now <laughs> yeah i just like to be the um how's it called the signature dried underneath the contract if that makes any sense no, if you know what i mean yeah, yeah. yeah oh yeah i have to tell you something because i just started it's no it's not yeah it's a techno label and it's uh, actually something i it's called second base i think it was 
sending you the first one. Mm -hmm. And it's actually like a label from a friend of mine, but he uh, moved to Costa Rica and he was asking me if I can help you with the stuff. So we just uh, prepared the second and the first release and it's coming out soon and I'm going to send it to you. It's really, really nice. But uh, Techno vibes, you said? Yeah, definitely a bit more techno-ish okay. stuff. Yeah, and yeah, it's going to be fun for me because I never did any techno stuff before. So let's see. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, well, on my end, let's see. By this point, also the Deep Space Helsinki radio show is out, so you can check that out. Oh, yet. nice one! Yeah, even though I haven't recorded the mix yet, I can tell you it's incredible. <laughs> okay. Two hours of breathtaking techno music. Oh my god! Um, you're probably gonna bang the shit out of it, and I'm close no, to a heart actually, attack again. <laughs> no, uh, on that one, deeper vibes. Oh no! But, don't uh, say that. Last time you sent me a, a deep set you know, exclamation marks or whatever it's called. Well, last deeper techno, listen, I play deep techno, but it's still heavy. Yeah, okay, of course. I mean, last time you sent me like your deepest set ever, then no, I was falling off the chair because it was so banging. I can promise you that's not the case. No, it is. Okay, whatever you got to tell yourself. But <laughs> I know for sure, like there's a lot of sets where I don't even get above like 123, 124 that are not that banging. Maybe for you, but for Yeah, for the me, music was banging. Yeah, I mean, like, I like to party. I'm not going to, you know. I'm an old lady. I'm yeah, an exactly. Old lady. <laughs> I guess so. Um, I guess that's about it for this show. Thanks for coming by. Yeah, thanks yeah, for inviting maybe me. Maybe we can get you back and have the boys around or something. Oh, yeah, that yeah. would be lovely. Yeah. Cool. Then I'll bring some more wine. Nice. All right, well, have a good one. <laughs> yeah, you too. Bye. Bye-bye.